0: It's episode number 16 of the Chris Rose Rotation on John Boy Media. Y'all know what day it is. It's Air Rojas deal. Miguel
1: Rojas of the Miami Marlins. What's up, my friend? Everything is good, man. Did you see that play that I made the other day? Heck yeah, I did. You know that guy? So Air Rojas paired part part number two right there. Yeah, I mean, have we printed the t-shirts yet for this one? Uh, No, I think it's going to be the same one. But we have to bring more now, I guess. Because Where does this cool. rank
0: among your great defensive plays?
1: Man, I think this have some kind of, you know, uh, uh, difficulty because I was running from the, like, you know, when you're playing full chef against right-handed hitters, you have to run all like across your positioning to get to second base and then actually catching the ball on the run, step on the back and then make a throw. And then I, I actually jump over the guy. But it was a uh, like a good like a good play overall. You know, it wasn't just myself. I gotta give credit to all my teammates. I just give like cash a ball that he was hit really hard, and then he make a great flip to me, and, and then then uh, Cooper picking up in first base. I couldn't do it without my teammates. So I'm not gonna take that play like to the top. But uh, I mean, it was like definitely top five.
0: It better be top five. If that doesn't make your top five, I don't.
1: I mean, jeez, holy smokes, come on, I dude. Got- I had some sick plays, uh, that oh. in, in the past. So I'll I'll get into the highlights a little bit more. I, I don't like watching myself that much, but uh, I I will get into the highlights and I will show you a couple that I they're probably better than that one for sure.
0: Oh, I like that. But you know what? You could just bring them to class if you wanted. We we could do a show and tell one day, and you could just like here. We'll make a deal. You can bring all your great defensive plays, and I'll bring all of my great defensive plays from over there. I like years.
1: that. I like that. Yeah. How many, yeah. uh, how many defensive plays during the spring trainings that you attend and, and you was doing?
0: Well, you know, you probably didn't see this, but many years ago, probably six years ago or so, Malar and I went and covered the Colorado Rockies right. in the spring training, and they allowed me to actually do some PFPs and stuff with the pitchers. Mm-hmm. I am the only guy in the history of the sport on a pickoff move to second to overthrow DJ LeMahieu, who oh, might be the uh, tallest second baseman in the history of baseball. I overthrew him by about three feet.
1: And that's not even, that's not even you catching the ball. You're throwing it, you know, like that's, that's tough to do, man.
0: Yeah. I just Uh airmailed it. So I was sick. I was not. Yeah, I sucked. It was horrible. (laughs) All right. Let's check in on our boy, uh, jazz Chisholm. By the way, those of you standing by, uh, for Justin Turner, he will be joining us momentarily. He and Miggy teammates, not only with the Dodgers, but before that, so you're going to want to stick around for that story. The world champion of the LA Dodgers getting ready to join us momentarily. But your boy Jazz Chisholm has been killing it ever since he was a guest on this podcast. Did he lose some swag points the other day when his chain broke while rounding first?
1: No, actually, that's, what we, that's actually what he wanted, you know? He wants stuff like that to happen so he can, you know? Like, now when the chain broke, you know, he's going to be on TV just because of that. Because he, he got all the chain hanging, you know? Like, I can, I can afford to do that. You know, like I'm, I'm one of the players that I will never play with all my jewelry on the field. So kudos oh. to him because he is doing that. He's just going to he's going to get extra air time there. You know, that's what he wants. You know, he wants to be on the TV. You know, he got a knock to the opposite field. And now he got to deal with that uh, chain situation. But no, not losing, not losing swag points. He's actually gaining. Mm. Um, it's interesting. TV air, air, air on TV.
0: That's really interesting. By the way, like, I, I've never been a great chain guy. I think I had one when I was a teenager, but I, I, I love them. I love the look. I just don't think I can pull it off. Right. How do guys play baseball? They look, some of them look heavy.
1: That's exactly what I think, you know, like, and especially like a guy like him, he got like, he got a lot going on there, you know, like four of them. And then Aguilar from first base is always screaming at him. Hey, hey, Jazz, get your chains out, you know, because uh, Jazz is always trying to get on him to get the, the chains out so he can play better, you know, because when he got the chains out, he's, he's lighting everybody up. So uh, I don't know. I don't know how they do it. I can't, I can't really do it because I'm, I'm going to be worrying about like, if one of my chains get break, I don't, like I don't really want to spend extra money, you know, on, on getting fixed or, you know, getting a new one. I'm, I'm not, I'm not that kind of guy.
0: No, I mean, you got to save your dough for your shoes and your Jordans.
1: Exactly. Hey, that's why, I will, I will go to play Jordans that people asked me last year, like bloody Guerrero. Jr. I got a, I got a pair of, uh, Jordan ones, um, uh, a collaboration with, uh, with another, like really good brand in, and, uh, off white. So he asked me how, how come you using those shoes on the field, you know? And I say, yeah, man, I don't like that's That's what I like to do. You know, like I'll, I'll spend money and I put it on the field just because I like to, uh, I like to wear my, my Jordan shoes.
0: So with those Jordans, you have those specially made for baseball?
1: Uh, yeah, a couple of them, especially in the past, before I started working with stadium custom cleats, the, the, the guys who are painting my shoes now. Yeah. So I used to get the, origin, or the original Jordans, the basketball shoes, and then I send it to a company that they put cleats on the bottom. So I was wearing the, sh- the, the, the shoes that I like, I was wearing on the field until I got, like, uh, a really bad hamstring injury uh, in 2000. I think it was in 2018 that I had that injury. And, uh, like, I actually broke one of my tendons. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was because I was wearing those spikes. and Because they're kind of heavy, you know? They're yeah. not baseball. They're not baseball cleats. They, they're basketball shoes. And then you put cleats on the bottom to play baseball. But uh, I, I, I actually uh, stopped doing that when, when that happened to me.
0: Got it. Got it. Hey, congratulations on career hit number 500 for a guy who it took almost a decade to make it to the major leagues. Mm -hmm. Was it emotional?
1: Yeah, I didn't know it was happening, you know, because I I wasn't paying attention to that, to that mark, you know, like 500 hits. A lot of people will say that's what Altuve gets in two and a half years, you know, but for a guy like me, man, remember my path to the big leagues and and that baseball right there means so, like, means so much because a lot of people didn't believe that I was, was going to be able to play in the big leagues and especially being an everyday player. Uh, everybody put a label on me and a tag on my forehead that I was a defensive guy. Then getting to a number like that, after the fact that I hit it and I didn't know what was going on, Freddie, Freddie Freeman was asking me at first what, what number or what hit it was and I didn't even know anything because uh, I wasn't paying attention to the, to the number. But it means a lot, you know. After I sit down after the game and I, I post a little, a little thing about my grandmother and, and the, the people who really are uh, helping me get there and me getting the opportunity to play a little bit more in the big leagues, 500 means a lot to me because, uh, I mean, it's an, a special day, a special moment, and hopefully I can get a 1,000 more. But those 500s, I know I have to work really, really hard to get there.
0: That's great. Nobody should ever say anything. Enjoy those moments, man. I don't think we, and I know I don't, it's a big problem I've had throughout my life is I don't appreciate enough in the moment, mm-hmm. Miguel. Same.
1: Yeah. Same thing here. Sometimes I, I got caught up so so many times on what the people will say, you know, instead of just enjoying my moment. I remember one thing that I say before making it to the big leagues and he was a uh, I just want to play in the big leagues one day, get my hit, and then I can die. You know, I always say that now that I play over seven years, I actually like want to get better and want to get more. And sometimes I don't enjoy little moments like like I supposed to, you know, like I I wish I can do a better job with that. And then now that I'm that I'm talking about it, I'm probably going to do it like even more.
0: Yeah, we're always we're always looking for something else, right? It's weird. I mean, this is the first time in a decade for me personally where I don't have a daily baseball show. And it has pissed me off to no end. I've been grumpy. I've been moody. I've been upset. This has been a wonderful platform. Like, I've loved getting to know you guys, bringing something different to the baseball world, which I, you know, we could never have these conversations on intentional talk. But for whatever reason, I've, I have felt like my worth as a human being was attached to that show. And that is something that I've had to work through, and it's been really hard. I have to admit, I, like, I have to tell you that. It's been very difficult. There have been days where I've woken up and I've been like, I've been angry, I've been sad, I've been depressed. And I haven't been thankful enough to have an opportunity like this, to have a healthy family, to be happy in so many other aspects.
1: Yeah. You know, remember, like uh, a lot of a lot of things happen to us in different different ways for Mm -hmm. for baseball players. um, A lot of things that you learn, you learn it from the game. Now you're learning something in your life that is actually like making you better and making Mm -hmm. you like, you know what? There's there's like a million other things that you can do that make you happy. Like, right. you was, you, like you was blind before because you had your, your show every single day that you knew you was comfortable going and, and, and doing it, right? But now that you, in this, in this time of your life, that you get, to, you get to do something better, which is getting into baseball players' life out of the field, struggles, good times, good stories, things that you never probably going to experience mm-hmm. doing your other show, you know? so uh that's why I mean we're always learning something new every single day, and I'm glad that you're learning this because it's going gonna, gonna i mean it's make it better, you better
0: know? yeah no you're right, and like I posted on social media my my youngest son is a, is a fifteen year old freshman in high school and he's playing varsity ball, and he got his first hit like i was that was awesome, you know, yeah. and I put it on social media not to be like Hey, look, my son got his first hit, but just because I was so proud of him, you know, he's played since he was four years old. And I, didn't, I, I quit after eighth grade. I wasn't good enough. I, and I mm-hmm. always told my kids, I said, I quit too early. Do not quit playing sports, you know, and he's, he had it. And he, when he turned to his, all the seniors that are in the dugout and gave him a fist pump, I was like,
1: that's what it's about. Exactly.
0: Man, damn cool.
1: imagine, imagine how it feels seeing my five-year-old, you know, hitting against a, a coach pitch when yeah. he gets get through everybody, you know, and he's running to first base and he's doing the right thing. Sometimes I, I teach him some things at home, you know, that I don't even know if he's going to remember. And mm-hmm. the other day, he made, he made me so proud just with one play. The ball w- was hitting the air. He was running at second base. So, you know, you know how this uh, people or or coach Mm -hmm. is, you know, you run to first base, you stay there. Then he went to second base and he got a runner first and second. And I was trying to explain him how the game, the game goes. You know, I want him to kind of fall in love for the game. So I'm talking to him at home. Hey, when you're running a second base and you have a runner behind you and they hit a pop-up, you have to wait until the ball lands so you can run, you know, in these games, like, A lot of the kids, they don't know the rules. They don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was so good that when I hit a pop-up, he stayed on second base until the ball drops. And then he started running. So that made me so proud. Even a play that, I mean, a lot of people don't know what's going on, but uh, it makes me feel happy, man. That's
0: awesome. That's awesome. And by the way, people that are home are like, wait a second, first and second and less than two outs should have been an infield fly. Hey, this is coach pitch. Folks, we don't introduce the infield fly to like a little bit later in life. Calm down. Exactly. Slow your role. All right. Uh, last thing before we bring in Justin Turner. Um, you are in the NL East. I've got two co hosts that are in that division as well. You face Trevor May. Like when one of my children in Miguel Rojas is facing another one of my children in Trevor May, what do I do? How do I root for this?
1: <laughs> well, uh you have you have a tough one there, but I mean, at least you know that he got me out the first time, you know. Yeah. So next time you can root for a base hit, you know? Like maybe not, maybe not a three-run homer or something like that, you know? Something that is not gonna hurt him or hurt his career, you know. There's right. a base hit here, and probably he's he's gonna be able to, you know, to regroup and and got the eating after after my base hit or maybe a double, you know. Well it,
0: it was interesting because I asked him, I said, Did you even think about miggy being another co-host he goes yeah he goes he steps in the batter's box i was like oh it's another co-host <laughs> like did you think anything about
1: that i did a hundred percent and mo- even more because you've been you know you've been posting uh, on social media and and the, and the Chris the rotation as well when uh, when i got there i know everybody who's a co-host so i don't really uh, i don't really pay more, much attention when i'm in the box but uh, i mean i definitely knew that that he was pitching and, Next time, I'm probably giving a, you know, you know, grab me out. Now give me a fastball. Yeah. I can get my base seat to center. Or- yeah,
0: I mean, it's hard enough. The guy throws 98. I mean, it's not like, you know, he's just rolling it up there about 88.
1: Exactly. exactly. All
0: right. Uh, you ready to go uh, meet up with a, a former teammate of yours and Justin Turner? Let's do it, man. Can't wait to see JT again.
2: We apologize for interrupting the fantastic program you are listening to, but we got to tell you about DraftKings. Jake, what sport are they giving out their crazy bet on this time? John, my UFC, huge fight coming up. Masvidal versus Snoozman Uzman. Who's really good, but he lost my trust once because all he did was stomp his feet, but now he's actually fighting because he heard everybody hates that. So I'm actually, now I'm back in. I'm excited for this fight. Well, at DraftKings, just bet $5 on either fighter to win, and if they walk out with the belt, you will cash $130. Easy as that. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code ROSE. When you sign up to turn $5 into $130 if the title contender of your choice wins, place your bet and watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code ROSE to turn $5 into $130 if the fighter of your choosing takes home the crown. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one 800 gambler
0: the Chris Rose rotation on John boy media continues on well you know him, you love him there's nobody in MLB that looks quite like this that would be Justin Turner of the world champion Los Angeles Dodgers do you get used to that yet
3: no and no, I think that's going to take a while but it, it does sound good
0: okay nice I got former teammates here by the way Justin Turner and Miguel Rojas Miggy when did you first meet JT
1: well, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, my first experience in uh, United States it was actually in Sarasota, Florida. Right, so uh, I didn't I didn't come to a uh, spring training. I got invited to uh, uh, a extended spring training. When you're in the minor leagues, you know, after spring training is over, you have this time that uh, that is extended spring training. So everybody goes to their league, but then uh, uh, before the GCL starts, which is the Gulf Coast League, is a rookie ball. So I stayed there and Justin Tony was playing shortstop and second base for the Sarasota team, the high A team. So uh, that was my first time kind of getting to know. I mean, I didn't get to know JT until like when we played together with the Dodgers and we got the, the minor league invite to the spring training, you know. And uh, we, we we was kind of battling for the same spot, you know, like actually I got invited there to play second base a little bit, even when I'm a, like a, a shortstop. But I was over there because it was like an empty spot. And then at JT, I was uh, was so happy for this guy because when he got to L.A., he got to win that spot and he got to earn to play every day. He started as a platoon player over there, you know, with D Gordon, you know, and Australia trip and all that stuff, man. He can tell you a little bit more uh, about our relationship, but uh, that's how we started.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, me and Miggy both benefit from – The national league not having a dh right like we both kind of got our foot in the door and made our mark as uh as utility guys who can play all over the field and then as time kind of evolved kind of turned ourselves into better offensive players and and found ourselves in the starting lineup so as as an old guy who kind of is leaning towards vouching for the dh i still have a hard time doing it because i probably wouldn't be here today if there was a dh in both leagues but uh miggy uh one of of the best teammates uh i've ever had uh just his passion for the game love for the game the way he i could watch miggy take a ground ball on loop for days and and it's just it's just a beautiful thing to watch him do his thing
1: Same thing here, man. I have to say, I have to say the same thing. You know, we know, we all know that DH are going to are going to be the the right thing to do, you know, going forward and not seeing pitchers hit. But I I definitely, I don't think I will have the opportunity to be in the big leagues right now. If it's not because of the opportunity of the, of the bench player or the utility guy, double switches, uh, defensive guy later in games, you know, like, I remember, man, me and me, me and JT uh, sitting on the bench waiting for an opportunity. He always pinch hit and then stay in the game. I always came in in, the, in defensive replacement for Henry Ramirez, ashore, sure. And uh, that was uh, the beauty of uh, having that spot, you know, and now players are going to have to t- transition themselves into really good hitters early, because if not, you're probably not going to find a, a spot in the lineup.
0: That's really interesting. Uh, I never even thought of it that way. But you guys are so similar from the standpoint, Miggy, we've talked about this. It took you nine years to get to the major leagues. Like a lot of guys will say, I'm done. Like, I'm good. I gave it a shot. I'm out of here. Justin, you did. You made it at an early age, but released by the Orioles, released by the Mets. And I want to start with you, Justin. And I want to have you follow up, Miggy. Was there a time where you thought before you signed with the Dodgers, like God, it, it might not happen the way I thought it would?
3: Well, yeah, I mean, I I didn't actually sign in 14 until about a week before spring training. So there was some serious panic going on, like, what is happening? Uh, I don't know if I'm going to continue on being able to play. And then actually, it was was weird. I actually had three teams kind of come in late. Uh, It was the Twins, the Red Sox and the Dodgers. And I had to make a decision about a week before spring training and going back to the DH and the National League and and uh, being a bench player in one league versus the other. The main reason I chose to come to the Dodgers, not just because it, it was coming home and, and the Dodgers were a good team, but uh, I wanted the opportunity to be in the National League and get at bats. You know, I looked at uh, Skip Schumacher and Michael Young and Nick Punto and, um, you know, they Jerry Harrison, Jr. They all had 250 plus at bats. And then I go. And I look at the Red Sox and I look at their bench guys and they had like 80 at bats. So it was a no brainer for me to come and sign with the Dodgers just for the sheer fact of getting opportunity.
1: So excited to listen to a story like like JT. And I don't want to talk about myself, but uh, I mean, you see a guy in the mid 30s signing a, a, a large contract, you know, that's that's motivation for a lot of players. That's like drive. For a lot of people who's playing baseball and they think they're done and those uh, uh, in the industry of baseball right now, you know how hard it is to stay in the game when you're older, you know. And, and I mean, a story like this, it just, uh, I mean, keep me going because I, I'm 32 years old and I continue to try to go for another contract, you know, like I want to be in a good shape, always trying to get better. And uh, that's what JT did, and I did it myself, you know? I, I knew that I couldn't be in the big leagues if I wasn't able to hit. I probably was going to be there for maybe a year or two, being a defensive replacement and a guy here and there, but I, I got the necessity of getting better offensively. And I guess you did the same thing, JT, and uh, he changed his swing, and he did a bunch of things that helped him get the, the the point, but uh, at the end of the day, it's the opportunity to play every day. That's how you get better. Because if you don't play every day and you're just coming in here and there, it's really hard to hit four homers when you get t- 10 at bats, you know? So now JT had the opportunity to sign this big contract when he's in the mid thirties and that gave me fired up because I feel like I can do the same thing.
3: Yeah. That's a, and that's a stigma around baseball, you know, and that, that was something that was important to me this offseason going into free agency is, you know, old guys, there's, there's no room in the game for old guys anymore. And uh, like I said, that was something that was important to me for me uh, to kind of raise the bar and, and push forward uh, for older players to have opportunities to still um, sign good deals. And, uh, you know, I there was a lot of talk in the media about wanting a four year deal, which would have pushed me until I was 40. And I think everyone knew that that was a little bit of a stretch. But for me, like, I do want to play until I'm 40. I want, to, I want to play until as long as I can, until someone has to rip the uniform off my back because, you know, I love the game. And uh, being able to accomplish the contract that I did and kind of raise the bar for, like you said, for guys like you, for guys around the league who, who love the game and want to play it forever, um, that's something that I'm probably the most proud of about, you know, what happened this offseason.
0: But Justin, you and I have talked offline. Could you enjoy being a world champion this offseason or because it, it was weighing on you about free agency? I don't know if I'm going to get a chance to come back to the team I love and all that sort of stuff. Could you appreciate it or were you waking up every day and you're like, God damn, what the hell is going on here?
3: Well, in a normal year, that free agency would probably be the, the only weight on my shoulder about not being able to celebrate a championship. But there were so many other things going on um, with the way the year ended and, you know, the lockdowns and no parades. And like there wasn't really an enjoyment of winning that championship for me until we got our rings the other day in our, in our home opener. So um, that was just being a free agent, not hearing from the Dodgers for a lot longer than I thought it was going to take was only part of, you know, the non-enjoyment of of what we had just accomplished.
0: Were you close to going somewhere else?
3: I, you know, from the get go, from about a week out of the season ending, I was in contact with the Blue Jays, had a lot of conversations with the Blue Jays, um, and there was a point where I thought I was going to receive an offer from the Blue Jays before I'd even gotten a phone call from the Dodgers. So um, that was a little, uh, <laughs> it had me a little nervous, actually. Um, you know, like, what what do I do if I have a great offer from a team and I haven't even heard from, from the Dodgers yet? Like, where, w- what happens then? Um, but they ended up s- signing Marcus Simeon into the one-year deal. And I got a text saying that, um, you know, they're, they have this deal in place and they're going to, you know, obviously not pursue me anymore. And that's when, you know, things kind of evolved with the Dodgers and the brewers. And, um, you know, it was, it was competitive from the brewers. They really wanted me. They, they dug deep. They had, uh, I had multiple calls and and zoom calls. Uh, You know, I had got calls from Mark Kotze. I got calls from Trevor Hoffman. I got calls from Yelich and council. And I talked to Stearns multiple times and I talked to Antanasio, their owner. So, I mean, the, the pursuit was real. The offer was real. Uh, the interest was real. Um, at the end of the day, it just came down to, you know, I think I'm where I'm supposed to be. And that's, that's back with the Dodgers.
0: I don't think there's any question about that. Miggy, you are friends with, you played with a lot of the guys who lifted the commissioner's trophy last year. Was it difficult for you to watch your old team win that? Was there a sense of jealousy or were you just super proud?
1: Well, I think we talk about this the first episode. And I say, man, every time any other team that is not your team that getting that trophy, you're not going to feel good about it, you know, because you're playing the same league. You're, you're seeing the same opportunity. And especially us, the Marlins, that uh, we are making strife of, like, you know, getting better and getting there. And I've been such an like, uh, uh, up-and-down moments here in Miami that when you get to the point where you have a series against the Braves and then you see the Dodgers beating the Braves after that, I mean, you always say, I had the opportunity to be there, you know? I deserve that opportunity to be against the Dodgers in that series and see how it is. So it's not, it's not jealousy because I love the guys over there. I mean, I, I got a re- great relationship with Jock Peterson. Cody Bellinger, I see Cody Bellinger when he was like 150 pounds in the minor leagues. And I know how Corey became like the Corey that he is right now. It's all about, and it's all about the chemistry that these guys have in in that clubhouse. You know, like I left right before this thing kind of got together because I know, I mean, the Dodgers spent eight years in a row or nine years or now 10 years. I don't know how many years making it to the playoff and winning the division. But that chemistry that they got in that clubhouse is different. And it's come all from like JT, the guys who have been there before. Corey Seager, I used to call Corey Seager the prospect when I was there playing shortstop. I mean, I was like a a backup player, but he was a prospect, you know? And I called Corey a prospect. Now he's a superstar. So I'm happy for them, but I'm not happy that that I wasn't the one lifting the trophy. But I, I mean, congratulations once again to the Dodgers and all the players. And I have... Really, really good friends on that team and uh, uh, guys that I always gonna remember forever.
0: It's nice. So how sweet is the ring, dude?
1: Yeah, they did, they did
3: a really good job. It's, they did a really, really good job. Uh, the whole presentation is awesome. And, um, you know, it comes in a box, you pop it open. There's a, a uh, motorized kind of platform that the ring sits on, so it spins. And then in the lid of the box, there's a video that plays. that's kind of like a highlight montage from all of 2020 going all the way back to when we got news that the season was being shut down all the way through the championship. So uh, they, they really did a good job. I, I was a little nervous because, you know, the Dodgers, L.A., Hollywood, they like to be we can be a little flashy, a little showy. And and I no. thought they got out of control on the ring, but they kept it they kept it nice and clean, and and it it looks really good.
0: So, um, family friends have they come over to stare at that thing yet?
3: Well, we're still in COVID protocol. We can't we can't really do anything, man. So, <laughs> That's no, right. no That's one's right.
0: seen. Man, oh man, the thing looks awesome though. All right, so do you sit in like? Have you sat at home and just kind of taken it out and stared at it yourself?
3: Yeah. So the first morning, I woke up and and put it on, went downstairs, and opened up the newspaper and read it. I think I actually posted a picture on Instagram. Me. <laughs> By the way,
0: you're you're the only person under seventy five that still reads the LA Times.
3: Yeah. You, uh, court Court just ordered it about two weeks ago, and she's like, "I want the newspaper," and I was like, "Yeah, I want the crossword." <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, J T is uh,
1: a big crossword guy, and that's right. You know, uh, Mickey. Yeah, 100%. You guys <laughs> still you playing cards over there? What's that? Miggie? You guys still playing pluck and cards over
3: there, like you used to, or not? We just got we just got some pluck back up and going nice. uh, a couple days ago. So uh, we got a couple new Jim, Jimmy Nelson and uh, Corey Canivo okay. are big pluck players. So okay. Uh, me, me and me and Barnesy got our asses kicked. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, that's awesome, man. I, I that's one of the things that I remember the most about uh, being on that team. I I I remember at what time I was the only rookie on the team. Like you know, we got Adrian Gonzalez, we got Juan Uribe, we got Henry Rue, All of these guys, big car players, Domino. I mean, it was a like exciting experience. More than playing for the Dodgers, I played for a team full of stars, you know. And that's wow. what I'm gonna remember the most about that year. I didn't really enjoy. LA that much because I was so like, I wanted to keep that job, you know, like I wanted to be there for the rest of the year, but I'm going to remember those times for forever for sure.
3: I felt the same way, dude. I, I when I walked in the clubhouse in spring training, uh, actually I didn't, I, when I first got there in 14, I went to the wrong clubhouse. I was in the minor league clubhouse for a couple of days and yeah. then they're like, yeah, what are you doing here? You got to go on the other side. So uh, when I walked in the big league clubhouse for the first time and I looked around and it was, you know, Kershaw, Beckett, Granky, Gonzo, Uribe, Hanley, Dre, Matt Kemp, uh, Brian Wilson. Like I was just like, whoa! Like I'm. Where am I? Like I. I don't even know if I belong
1: here. This is crazy. It was so crazy. Who, got got the same feeling dude. It's it's amazing. It was amazing.
0: So who welcomes you to a clubhouse like that, Justin?
3: Uh, you know. <laughs> One of the first guys I met was actually Jock, and he was uh, he was in the because he was in the minor on the minor league side. And I walked in and I started talking to him, and then uh, came over to the big league side. I actually hung out with D a lot, and I, and, and spent a lot of time with Miggy because we're infielders and, and doing a lot of stuff. So, um, but it was a group of it was like me, Miggy, Sean Figgins, D, Justin Sellers. were all kind of like in this utility Mm -hmm. infielder group that were we're trying to make the team at the time so uh you know we spent a lot of time doing drills and 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 working together and and trying to figure out who was who who was gonna be i'm justin justin sellers came up to me the first day and was like hey dog like it's me and you bro like me and you are gonna take this (laughs) like all right right, sell block like
0: All right, so more interesting teammate for you guys, Brian Wilson or Zach Greinke?
1: Wow. Uh,
3: well, more interesting is 100% Brian Wilson. Like, this guy was unbelievable. I, I have to thank him. He did get me into Settlers of Catan, the board game. I don't know, Mickey, if you remember me, me him, and Slyke playing that yeah. all the time, uh, which is a great game. But uh, Brian, <laughs> Brian had some... He had some things going on that were
1: weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Man, I, one of the things that I remember about Brian the most is, uh, well, my first year in the big leagues, right? And then you see Brian Wilson in the fifth inning. I'm a bench player, right? I'm, I'm around the cage. I'm trying to get loose. I knew, I mean, we always had the lead, you know, without pitching staff, we always had the lead. And I have to play 120 games that year and I got caught up in June, you know? I mean, I didn't get so many at-bats. I was like more seven eight nine inning playing defense but in the fifth inning i'm the, around the cage and i'm seeing brian wilson and he asked me every single time hey can you feed the machine for me <laughs> dude brian wilson is in the fifth inning is is active he's gonna pitch in the eight or the nine i don't know that that i i think kenley was a closer like in that time but yeah. brian wilson in the fourth fifth inning he's taking hacks <laughs> in the cage and he want me to feed the machine so that's one of the things that I will never forget about about Brian Wilson but Zach Greenkey cracked me up too because uh yeah some days he uh, say hi to me and some days he acts like he he didn't even know me or or knew who I am so it's a, that's a tough question for you
3: I got a I got a quick Wilson story and a quick Zach Grinky story for you so uh my favorite Brian Wilson moment was I, I believe it was in early 2015 and he was struggling. I, he had like a 15 or a 16 ERA and he had these sick cleats. Mickey, you remember those cleats that said like uh it said uh Wheezy Wood or or whatever it was?
1: And the the bear, the bears, yeah. whatever.
3: So he had these custom cleats that were there, I mean they were awesome, but he he just wasn't pitching well in the beginning of the year and he got taken out of a game after he he'd just given up a couple runs and he comes in the dugout takes his cleats off his custom cleats takes his jersey off takes his hat off takes his belt off so he's basically in this cut off shirt and his pants and he takes everything and he slams it in the trash can he's like i don't deserve to be wearing this custom stuff i deserve to be wearing Dick's sporting good cleats and from that day on he wore like just generic like blue Nike cleats because he wasn't pitching good enough to deserve to wear the cleats that he was wearing. <laughs> I thought that was, that was one thing that I'll never forget about Brian Wilson. And then the Zach Grinke story is he helped me kind of become the hitter that I am today because I I actually sat next to him on the bench one, one night and I asked him, I said, Grinke, if you were pitching to me, how do you get me out? And in, grinky fashion and maybe you can attest to this he'll be like well he won't answer you he'll say let me go look at something i'll, I'll, I'll go look it up and then i'll get back to you 100%. And, uh, so the next the next day he comes back to me and and i'm like well what do you got and he's like i would throw you a hundred straight fastballs away and i said what are you talking about dude like 70 percent of my hits are the other way and he's like, yeah, but every, all your hits are closer to you. You take the ball that's close to you and you shoot it the other way. He's like, you don't do anything on the ball out over. And I asked him, I said, well, do you think I should stand on top of the plate? And he said, if I were you, I would get as close to the plate as you possibly can. And from that day forward, I stood on top of the plate. And now I'm the uh, all time hit by pitch leader for the Dodgers because of Grinky.
0: <laughs> so does he know that now when he's facing you? Well, I mean, now he's in the American league, you don't see him that much, but. You know, I mean, he faced you a ton in Arizona. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
3: I'm, I, I'm pretty sure he, he's a really smart guy. I'm sh- pretty sure he remembers that conversation that we had. So, but he doesn't throw me all fastballs away. He still throws me changeups and sliders and that Ephes curveball. So,
1: yeah, of course. <laughs> it's, a sacked. And I got a quick story. I don't know if you remember this. It was right there. It was in, in 14. In the middle of the year, Donnie have a, a meeting with us. I don't know <laughs> what happened to you we were playing good or not. I, I don't know. Like, I, I guess we were playing not that good and not want to say something. And then uh, you see Zach never say anything in meetings, right? He's always sitting there. He barely says stuff, right? So uh, by, by, by the end of the meeting, Zach raised his hand and everybody like paid attention and like everybody like look at him, like what, what this guy going to do and what, what he's going to say. So uh, his comment was, hey, uh, I'm really worried about one thing. I'm seeing a lot of people going to the bathroom and they're coming out and they're not washing their hands. <laughs> <laughs> hey, true story. True story. <laughs>
3: hey, right Don- Donnie just poured his heart out to us in this yeah. meeting about like, play good. And-, and Zach's like, man, wash your hands. <laughs>
1: And this is not about COVID or anything. We're no, not, no, we're not really. dealing with any pandemic or anything. It's just, it's just, hey man, I'm, I'm, I got, I got one concern, and it's uh, every time you guys go to the bathroom, I see people coming out not watching their heads. <laughs> <laughs> man, that was one of the like, I mean, weird but funny things that happened. Like, I don't know if anything else is gonna happen, like something like that. But it was.
3: Like, <laughs>
0: just oh a my thing. god, that's great. Uh, um so this podcast is being released as you are getting ready to play the Padres for the second time in a week. To me as a baseball fan, the one that just concluded in San Diego looked like it was more fun than the first few rounds of the playoffs a year ago. Am I off
3: base? Uh yeah, it it, it had a little bit of everything. It was uh it was an exciting series, it was well pitched, it was well played. Um the fans were super into it and I think it was, you know, I, I mentioned in the offseason that I really enjoyed what the Padres were doing for their roster for the game of baseball. I think it, I think it was really good to see them go out and make moves and, and want to improve. And I also said that, you know, it's probably going to feel like 19 World Series games. And I think the first three kind of lived up to the hype. So i um, looking forward to the next round.
0: Did you watch, Miggy? or did you have time as a fan to watch any of those games?
1: Yeah, of course, man. When when you see – this is in national TV. They're playing the West Coast. We already – our game are are over, you know, and that's what the first thing that you do, especially when you're on the road, you know, you don't have family there. I tune in, man, in whatever, like MLB Network or whatever it is, and you're seeing games like this, and you always want to watch. And then when you see that happen in the first game, it's like – what else can happen? And then you end up the second game with that catch. I think it was the second game, right? When Mookie made that catch.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: It's, it's unreal. You know, like things like keep happening for, for these great teams and that's what you want for baseball. You know, you want like teams to get better so they can, you know, and the Dodgers, I know the Dodgers are going to get better just because the other teams in the division are playing well, you know, we just faced the, the, the Giants and the Giants got a pretty good club. And uh, I mean, you, you guys going to see a lot of like a lot of good battles in the West, like in the East, you see the teams in the East and everybody's good, good pitching everywhere. And that's what you want, because that, that's how baseball supposed to be. So I'm enjoying I'm enjoying the series for sure. I, I, thought, you was- were talk- I thought you were talking about my catch yesterday, Maggie. I didn't know you were talking about <laughs> Oh, yeah, I saw I, saw, <laughs> I, I just saw that on Trevor's and it was pretty funny <laughs> because uh, you were safe. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're
0: going to how long are you going to wear that one?
3: Oh, I, I, as long as people want to, I, I mean, I already laughed at myself. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing as soon as it happened. So if you can't enjoy the game, <laughs> and you can't enjoy moments like that, whether you're winning or losing, then uh, you got something wrong with you. So uh, I, that was great. I'm just glad it would happen to me. Cause I could laugh at myself. I'm
0: surprised that it doesn't happen more often, to be honest with you. I'm shocked.
3: Yeah, I just, well, usually you, one of the first things you do is you find the base. Um, but the wind was was blowing pretty hard in. And me and Seeger both broke back uh, almost to the outfield grass. And then the ball ended up almost in front of the base. So um, I just kind of lost track of where it was, where I mm. was. I was just making sure I caught it, which I did. So that's why I don't care about tripping over the base. If I would have wow. dropped it, then, you know, I probably wouldn't have brought that up today.
0: It was pretty good.
1: It was pretty got- good. That's, uh, yeah that that's exactly that's the point if you if you don't catch a ball you're not laughing about it you know <laughs> if you catch it you you know yeah you don't care if whatever happened after you know it's gonna it's gonna become like an like a, a good uh entertainment video but if you yeah. don't catch that it's like embarrassing
0: That's pretty good yeah. did you see the sign i don't know if you can see signs but it was huge there was one that said check bowers balls did you see that in the stands
3: <laughs> I, I didn't see it but i believe it I mean it was it they was took the great. first ball on pitch and they took the ball out so
0: i'm sure i'm sure how's he been by the way
3: he's been great he's been great yeah he uh he's different he's different but he you know he just wants to win he wants to compete he wants to you know set the bar higher and higher for himself every time he takes the mound and um you know that's that's what we care about. We care about competing and, and, giving ourselves a chance to win every day. And, um, you know, that's what he's about. Every fifth day he goes out and takes the ball and he wants to give us a chance to win.
0: Yeah. cares? That's good. A that different is good. All right. A couple more things. Did you ever think that your most famous home run that you would have ever hit, even though you've hit him in the world series and a walk off in the NLCS would end up in somebody's nachos. I mean, come on, Mike.
3: no, no but that was that was pretty funny (laughs) i i mean i just i remember going around first and like seeing the guy and i didn't know it was nachos at the time but i saw that something splattered all over him, and then uh they reviewed the homer and when they showed it on the jumbotron i i realized it was nachos so um yeah that was so that guy was drenched in cheese
1: and he got a I, I think he got a new uh, jacket and uh you guys you guys gave him a little little nice uh hooked him up basket or something. It was it was really nice. You know, that's the Dodgers way, man. It's just class. That's the J. Yeah, so I went
3: in I went in the clubhouse and got uh and asked Sergio, one of our clubhouse guys, I said, Hey man, can you go buy this guy some new nachos? I just destroyed his nachos and I didn't know what they were at the time, but I think they're like nineteen dollar nachos at Dodger Stadium, right? So that's I don't care. I don't care what kind of baseball you're getting. Uh, yeah, that's not worth the nineteen dollar nacho. So Sergio ran out a, a new plate of nachos. I made sure he gave him a nice big side of jalapenos as well. And then um, I guess the Dodgers, you know, brought out some sweatshirts and and gave him a change of clothes. So that was cool. Nice. Dude, it was
0: on the freaking national news on ABC. Did a two minute piece on it. The national news.
3: So every time I every time I make a play or or uh, or something in Dodger Stadium now Dieter Rule our organist plays Macho Man, but <laughs> everyone sings Nacho Man. So. That's
0: cute. All right, a couple other things before we let you go. Uh, you always um, you're great on social media, and you ask for all the great artwork that people want to send in. People have gotten Justin Turner tattoos on their body. <laughs> First of all, this one give him credit he's a jt fan you don't look like that bro like you're you're much more handsome than that i think which one oh they were showing Wait. the one on the arm of the dude and it looks like you're you put Uh-oh. on 80 pounds in your face
1: no the face the face is
3: kind yeah of- yeah <laughs> i get some uh i get some tough tough Justin Turner (laughs) lookalikes, not just in tattoos in real life, man. I think that everyone who has a, has a red beard, uh, someone tells me that they look just like me. So uh, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's just part of it. You have a red beard, then everyone just thinks they look like you. And now that the tattoos, I guess I'm honored. I'm humbled. Thank you for getting a tattoo of me, regardless of what it looks like.
0: (laughs) Would you like it, Miggy, if somebody walked around, uh, South Beach with a Miguel Rojas face on their left ass cheek.
1: Well oh, we we haven't get to a point where like a lot of people know like who our our our, our players are, but that's we we're on the way. You know that's that's what we that's <laughs> what we want to that's what we want to accomplish. And uh, it probably not gonna be me, but it, it might be Jazz Chison. You you see how many people in the stands already with the blue hair? Yeah, uh, hey, hair, really? yeah. You know? his hair is thick. I like his hair. Yeah. So uh, you, you see, like a lot of, a lot of guys are going to just uh, bring that into fans, you know, and, and that's sometimes what uh, um, like franchises need, you know, like I mm-hmm. like him here and there, you know, a good veteran presence and uh, starting pitching and, and then you end up like doing something like that. I'm just happy that, man, you know, like we grow in our fan base every single day. The other day I retweet something on social media. And after the walk-off win that we just got against the, the Giants, it was a pretty wild game. I never seen something in Miami like that. People posting a video with people like going down the stairs, chanting, let's go Marlins or, or let's go Miami or whatever it is. And that makes me, you know, happy and
2: mm-hmm.
1: wanting to go harder for those guys. Because, uh, I mean, we have been uh, trying so hard on the field. And I know the front office are doing the same uh, on their part. But I mean, we want fans to co- continue to get engagement.
0: Yeah, good, good thought. And, uh, you know, Justin, you mentioned that everybody who's got a red beard thinks they're, they're number 10. Well, there's a guy that you've actually done some, some acting with that has a red beard. I...
3: But, oh. All right,
0: for people that haven't seen Tungus, here we go.
3: Hey, how was your first day as the groundskeeper, Tungus? Awesome, and Tungus worked up appetite. Give me the keys. Sorry.
2: Justin prefer hamburgers?
3: It's okay, buddy. I got a better idea. And this time, we'll get to work together.
2: Together. Mm. <clears throat> yeah.
3: yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's all you got. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Is it
0: freaky Is it freaky when you are uh hugging a togus like that? It's a little strange
3: well actually i've I've done a lot of work with Tubgus yes, and so I've gotten to know Toomgus pretty well, and I think we work well together. I think we're a good team. We actually had uh, i don't know if I'm supposed to say this or not um, last year we had a a kind of campaign. Skit that was supposed to come out, and might and it might actually be coming out this year. But uh, we d- we did a lot of work together. I, everyone tells it, everyone says if me and Kenley Jansen had a baby, it'd be Tungus, right? Like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. It is dead like, on. Kenley, Kenley gave him the the hype, for sure. Yeah, yeah.
0: He hooked you up. All right, before we let you go, uh, we get to spin the wheel of moderately interesting things. You guys will answer a question. You'll be on your way. It'll be perfect. Here we go.
3: What is that a wheel for ants? It
0: needs to be at least three times bigger than that. This is all we can afford in the budget, by the way. Uh, <laughs> double play. Oh, well, speaking of, both you guys can answer this. Who is your Hollywood body double? Who's going to play you in the movie? Justin Turner?
3: Oh. Who's... You know what? I'm, I'm going to go funny on this and, and at, at my own expense. Uh, Shermanator from American Pie. Ha, 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 ha. Not Shermanator
0: either. could play a young you, and That's- I'm not
3: gonna take I'm not gonna take credit for this. This is actually a nickname that PJ Pillaterry, who's assistant guy with the New York Yankees right now, gave me in college. So we were going back and forth uh, at Cal State Fullerton on the bus, exchanging some name calling, and he dropped the Shermanator on me, and it was over. I, there's no. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Miguel, who's uh who's your body double?
1: Uh, I gotta say like Justin Timberlake and that, in that, uh, in that, uh, that uh, fast pitch movie, whatever. I don't know. It's a, it's a baseball movie that he was kind of a scout, you know, That's... I gotta say him. I, I'm not a big movie guy. So uh, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not into uh, the movie. So. Uh, all
0: right. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll find an actor for you. So That was yeah. good. And Justin, since you were a great guest today, as always, uh, you don't leave empty handed. So here we go, Don, tell him what he won. Justin. The Chris Rose rotation promises that host Chris Rose will never, ever say anything creepy about your wife, Courtney, ever again. As for Kevin Millar, we can't make that promise. We are no longer responsible for him. But Chris won't say anything creepy. Once again, that's courtesy of the Chris Rose rotation.
3: (laughs) You know, I wasn't worried about it because Uncle 1-5 isn't here. So I, I was never really worried about it. But
0: we just want you to have that out there. Okay? Good.
3: <laughs> thank That's you. Good. Thank you. That's a hey, great listen, game.
0: It was great catching up with you. Awesome start to the season. Keep crushing it out there. And, uh, you know, when we do eventually get to all hang out for drinks, I do want to see that ring up close at some
3: point. <laughs> all right. Sounds
1: good. Mickey, good to see you, buddy. Hey, thank keep know- bro. I'll see you down the road. <laughs> I don't know when we play each other but can't wait to see
2: it. I don't want to see that
1: far I don't want to see that far into the the calendar yet. i about tomorrow. All right, bro. All right, bro. See ya.
0: I got to tell you I loved just listening to you and JT chop it up, man. It's interesting cuz you guys were competing like for one of the same spots and you can tell the amount of respect you have for one another.
1: Yeah, man, you you spend more time with 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 your teammates and the players that you uh you, uh, you're around during a full season than your own family, you know, and you create that special bond that even when I play with JT just one year, I mean, it's going to just carry on forever because that guy helped me. And in some capacity, I help him as well, you know, and uh, we become uh, everyday players after that year. And uh, that's the most important thing about it. We talk about how important it is to keep pushing the envelope and keep trying to get better. To be an everyday player and I mean I think a lot of players will leave our legacy now you know that uh that we already did it and other players can do it as well
0: it's awesome awesome all right uh Miguel Rojas uh one of the top students in the class of the Chris Rose rotations so says the teacher Michelle Rose uh, let's nice. see how he did on his homework assignment
1: hi guys I'm currently in New York City and as you guys remember my homework of the of this last episode was doing something really new yorker so i want to talk to you guys about uh what i'm doing here i'm just walking around Times square uh that's the best thing that i could have uh, come with because uh, i don't i don't really like the city of new york i'm not i'm not a big fan but i enjoy coming here and especially a day like today we just came out of the ballpark we got a win against uh, jacob de grom and the mets so uh, it was a pretty special day. So I wanna go, I, I wanna show you guys around. You know when you walk in New York and come to Times Square, you see a lot of lights. Uh, that's one of the one of the things that I enjoy the most about New York. Coming here to Times Square, you know, seeing all the lights or the all the all the things that they got going here. You know, they got Elmo Transformers back there. So. For you guys, that's the homework of the last episode that I got. So hope you guys enjoy. See
0: you guys soon. That was awesome. So good. That's so the best
1: good. thing that I could have come up because uh, I was like, like you guys see, uh, we, we're still on the protocols, you know, we can do so many things and uh, we can only uh, walk in uh, open spaces. Can't really go and sit inside and eat in a restaurant yet because we're still under the vaccination process and all that. So um, I actually like, I'm, I'm, that's what I like about New York. I don't like so much about the city and, uh, and I don't really want to go and see so much more. So there you go. Yeah, I, uh, you.
0: Times Square is great. I mean, you, you just nailed it on the head. They have like the naked cowboy and they have you know the Transformers <laughs> and you mentioned Elmo. Does your kid like Elmo? Like no, uh, he
1: was. It was really happy because I I FaceTime him and uh, a Pokemon was there, Pikachu. Yeah. So Pikachu. he he's big on on Pokemon right now. So he's he's been watching Pokemon and when I when I show him the uh, enormous Pikachu, he was so happy throughout the phone.
0: Got it. Got it. All right. Well, your homework assignment. I I don't know if it's going to be difficult or not, but you're actually heading out to San Francisco, which is one of my favorite right. cities. I just I love it out there. In part because the shopping is just sensational. I don't. Yeah. Are you allowed to go out and shop?
1: I always, always try to go and you know check for shoes. You know, you know me yeah. already. So uh, I gonna be, I gonna be going, and I, am probably gonna get a pair of shoes. So okay, uh, give, give, it to, me, give it to me.
0: It was perfect. That was it. I was saying, my man's got to be shoe shopping out in San Francisco. So take us, take us on a little video tour of the idea of shoe shopping. What you look for in in certain shoes and stuff like that is, like, is that cool this,
1: this one is gonna be easy and uh i'm gonna do it with uh uh i haven't uh, i have a now i have something to uh to say to everybody you know like i hey, i need to go blogging and do a shoe shopping <laughs> so, i love it
0: i love good. it by the way mrs rose gave you another a so you're do, you can tell you can tell your family that you're doing exceptionally well you're up to a great start in your career in the Chris Rose rotation. I'm sure colleges will look at you, this transcript and say, wow, this is a straight-A student who turns his homework not only in on time, but early, he sent yeah. out a week early.
1: Of course. I mean, I, I, every time I, I'm doing something, I, I'm trying to do the best that I can. You know, like I'm not, I'm not just going to go and roll out and say, hey, I'm not prepared for this, you know, like, okay, whatever. I'm a major mm. league baseball player. He needs to weigh on me or whatever now. Yeah, I'm gonna well, do, If I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it right.
0: Hopefully, I'm just going to say this. Hopefully, some other students in the class will take note, Miguel, of your performance. Because we've had a few All that right. have, they need to pick it up a little bit.
1: I need, I need to get on them. Just, just give me the name on, on, on private, and I'll, I'll shoot them a, a text message. And I say, hey, whoever it is, man, come on. Get it done.
0: I'm with you a thousand percent. Miggy, it was great catching up with you, as always. Uh, best to your family. Hope you had fun today, my friend.
1: It was really fun, man. Uh, I started, continue to feel better and comfortable. And uh, I'm seeing a lot of people supporting the show. Continue, totally. uh, continue to see uh, what we're doing here. You, go, you guys going to love the stories, you know? And we're always going to bring more stories to you guys, like the one that we did today. Rinky, Brian Wilson. Oh, it's great. Uh, a, a lot of other guys. And uh, I mean, continue the support. Share with the people. Share with your friends. Mm-hmm. Everywhere you are. In Venezuela, people, gra- thank you. Gracias for por, uh, por apoyarnos. Y todo. Uh, thank you all very much, man. I'll see you guys next time.
0: We appreciate it. So, once again, on YouTube, if you're on our John Boy Media Baseball channel, hit the thumbs up, leave a comment there. And wherever you download your podcast, give us five stars. Miggy loves the five stars, plus a, a little comment there as well. Big shout out to our editor and engineer extraordinaire, Rob Shirocco. Great job as always. Mickey, we'll see you in a few weeks, and we will see you next time here on the Chris Rose Rotation, part of John Boy Media.